Thank you for joining me for Daily Liturgy and Scripture. Today we will be reading Psalm chapter 85, Ecclesiasticus 18, and Acts 25, 13-27. Before we begin, let's say together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Psalm chapter 85. You, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, God our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not turn to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. Ecclesiasticus chapter 18 The Lord, who lives forever, created the whole universe, and he alone is just. He has given no one enough power to describe what he has done, and no one can investigate it completely. Who can measure his majestic power? Who can tell the story of his merciful actions? We cannot add to them. We cannot subtract from them. There is no way to comprehend the marvelous things the Lord has done. When we come to the end of that story, we have not even begun. We are simply at a loss for words. What are human beings? Of what use are they? The good that they do, the evil that they do, what does it all mean? A person who has lived a hundred years has lived an unusually long time. But compared with all eternity, those years are like a drop of water in the ocean, like a single grain of sand. That is why the Lord is so patient with us, why he is so free with his mercy. He looks at us and knows that we are doomed to die. That is why he is so willing to forgive us. A person can show compassion to a neighbor, but the Lord shows compassion for all humanity. He corrects us, he disciplines us, he teaches us. Like a shepherd tending sheep, he brings us back to himself. He will have compassion on us if we accept his guidance and are eager for him to show us where we are wrong. My child, when you help someone, don't reprimand him at the same time. When you make a gift, don't say anything that hurts. Your words count for more than what you give. Even do give some relief during a spell of hot weather. Yes, kind words are more effective than the best of gifts. And if you are really concerned, you will give both. It is stupid to be unkind and insulting. No one's eyes are going to sparkle at a gift that you resent giving. Know what you are talking about before you speak and give attention to your health before you get ill. Examine your conscience before the Lord judges you. Then, when that time comes, he will forgive you. Humble yourself before you are punished with sickness. 
when you have sinned, show repentance. If you make a promise to the Lord, keep it as soon as you can. Don't wait until you are about to die to set things straight. But before you make such a promise, be prepared to keep it. Don't try to test the Lord's patience. Think. Do you want him to be angry with you on the day you die? When you face his judgment, do you want him to turn his back on you? When you have all you want, think what it is like to be hungry, what it is to be poor. Things can change in a single day. The Lord can act very quickly. If you are wise, you will be careful in everything you do. When sin is all around you, be especially careful that you do not become guilty. Every intelligent person can recognize wisdom and will honor anyone who shows it. If you appreciate wisdom when you hear it, you will become wise yourself, and your words will be a source of wisdom for others. Don't be controlled by your lust. Keep your passions in check. If you allow yourself to satisfy every desire, you will be a joke to your enemies. Don't indulge in luxurious living. The expense of it will ruin you. Don't make yourself a beggar by borrowing for expensive banquets when you haven't enough money of your own. Acts 25, 13-27 A few days later, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Caesarea to pay their respects to Festus. Since they were spending many days there, Festus discussed Paul's case with the king. He said, There is a man here whom Felix left as a prisoner. When I went up to Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews brought charges against him and asked that he be condemned. I told them that it is not the Roman custom to hand over anyone before they have faced their accusers and have had an opportunity to defend themselves against the charges. When they came here with me, I did not delay the case, but convened the court the next day and ordered the man be brought in. When his accusers got up to speak, they did not charge him with any of the crimes I had expected. Instead, they had some points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a dead man named Jesus who Paul claimed was alive. I was at a loss how to investigate such matters, so I asked if he would be willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial there on these charges. But when Paul made his appeal to be held over for the emperor's decision, I ordered him held until I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would like to hear this man myself. He replied, Tomorrow you will hear him. The next day Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp and entered the audience room with the high-ranking military officers and the prominent men of the city. At the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are present with us, you see this man. The whole Jewish community has petitioned me about him in Jerusalem and here in Caesarea, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. I found he had done nothing deserving of death, but because he made his appeal to the emperor, I decided to send him to Rome. But I have nothing definite to write to his majesty about him. Therefore, I have brought him before all of you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that as a result of this investigation, I may have something to write. For I think it is unreasonable to send a prisoner on to Rome without specifying the charges against him. Now join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.